it was definitely intriguing, but but yes, I was also going, well, what what are we gonna do? Um yeah. and I'm so glad and they that did was this. a bit mysterious. Like, right? I just love seeing so these three together. It's shared. so weird seeing them <laughs> but all it was the really call. about getting together with yeah. these people and revisiting, you know, what mm-hmm. what was part of my history and and getting a chance to like come together and um there there are personal things too, which are mm-hmm. um kind of resolutions or um a way to revisit and and um I'm not quite sure how to put it it's just just to get to get back into that and I don't want to say like close the chapter but revisit and have certain resolutions don't um, want to close the chapter and just join in this like loving creative (laughs) spirit I hear what you're saying what about for you Andrew I thought just fan service which you know it partially is but like this is a movie kind of that is. is about a coming of age, like an acceptance of loss, acceptance of death, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. taking responsibility for your gifts. Yeah. And the, like I was torn open by Oscar. the journey that Tom went on and that he was having to, it was torn just like- by a werewolf. Having to split with, with, with his girlfriend, his best friend and sacrifice that in order. It's just, it's, the, it's classic Peter Parker, but it felt totally fresh and totally reimagined like, his uh-huh. origin, like I Tom's agree. origin story was happening in his third movie rather than his first. Like there's something so profound. So That's the film I feel stands point. alone without Very me and, yeah. and Toby showing up. Very interesting. I, I agree. So if this is his origin, where do we go from here? Welcome back to New Rockstars. Tobey Maguire's uncanny return in Spider-Man No Way Home as our friendly neighborhood youth pastor might not be the last time we see him as an interview with all three Peter Parkers with Deadline confirms that this guy deliberately is not closing the chapter on his version of the character. We'll try something new here. Maguire, Maguire! <laughs> I don't know if it works. I'm still deciding how I feel about it. Jury's still out, but this is Inside Marvel, New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. I'm Eric Voss. With me is MT. Eric, Maguire, did he say that? Like, the guy, that just gets me really interested as to, like, he's not closing the chapter? Like, are we going to see more Tobey Maguire, Eric? Or just, obviously, Tobey Maguire isn't running this studio, but it seems like he's afraid to step <laughs> on some sure? toes, right? <laughs> I don't know what that guy, that guy's been in the industry for a long time, right? He, he's He's been at a lot of poker tables. Who knows who owes him? Imagine, right? like, Kevin Feige takes off a mask and it's Tobey Maguire. It's like, it's me the whole time. <laughs> Everyone is Toby McGuire. <laughs> well, uh, this whole interview with Tom Holland, Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield was just so fascinating to watch. It constantly keeps you guessing how these boys truly rank as Peter 1, Peter 2, mm-hmm. Peter 3. We're going to decode what Toby might have meant by that, as well as what Andrew Garfield meant by suggesting No Way Home was actually the origin story for Tom Holland's Peter Parker and where mm-hmm. that version of Peter could and should go from here. But before we get into all that, we are less than two weeks away from New Rockstar's live show in Chicago. Chateau. Friday, February 11th, 8 p.m. at Talia Hall. It's going to be me and Jess Clements, Tommy Bechtold, Philip Molina, mixing it up with some fun surprises that we have never done here on the channel before. I don't want to tell you yet. It's a special surprise just for the people who come to our Chicago live show. Now, this event is hosted by your partners at Rooster Teeth, part of their very normal podcast tour, and we are sharing the night with the hilarious guys at the Face Jam podcast. So tickets are still available. Check out the link in the description. And if you live in the Chicago area, I would love to meet you in person. Because people, I realize, are so nice. 
They're so wonderful when you just meet them. Uh, it's on Twitter. I don't really get a sense of you. I, 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 I don't know why they got a knife in your hand when you're tweeting. But when I see you in person, I realize we're all just people just yeah. nerding out over the same stuff. And I want to nerd out together with you. Now that it's feeling Yo, safe take to do that, that knife combat out. You do not want to put any knife ideas in people's hands when you're about to meet them, bro. Well, it's hard to tweet and write and and howl knife at the same time. Like this I understand we have some we have some foodies, some uh, home chefs who who like to tweet, but you know you, you don't have to do two things at the same time, right? Uh, anyway, uh, uh, we are already off the rails once again. We always do that. I love it. Mt, man. what's our question this week? Well, obviously, the most important question of this week is. Is Toby returning after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home? Yes. Uh, now, it's fun to think uh, two years ago, right before everything went to hell, and it seemed like <laughs> everything was going great. Uh, we had no idea what was before us. Um, uh, Birds of Prey was about to come out in the movie theaters. Uh, Sonic was on the horizon. Uh, Onward, Pixar's Onward was going to mm-hmm. break box office records. Uh, but the thing that I was most excited Excited for at that time was uh, Sam Raimi was hired to take over directing for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now it was a uh, mixed feelings for me because I love Scott Derrickson. I was bummed to see him part ways with that, and I will watch anything Scott Derrickson makes uh, beyond this. But Sam Raimi, right? Like this uh, for me was when the Toby and Andrew Garfield speculation train left the station officially. Woo-hoo. Because even though Doctor Strange sequel was a completely different movie, the fact that Sam Raimi was being brought back into this universe just made it feel more possible that Marvel Studios still had a reverence for that past era rather than just forgetting it ever happened. They might have similar conversations with the actors, and we now know that was totally the case. There was truth to those suspicions, because Andrew Garfield confirmed last week on Ellen that he knew he would be coming back as Spider-Man for two years before the movie came out. Meaning those talks with Andrew and Toby were happening around the same time, December 2019, January 2020, right around the time Kevin Feige was approaching Sam Raimi for Multiverse of Madness. The respect for Raimi throughout this whole process can even be seen in the screenplay for No Way Home, in which Chris McKenna and Eric Summers identified Toby's character as the Raimi-verse Peter. Not just for simplicity, they could have put the actor's name there. They put actor's names all over the script. In this case, they wanted to credit those directors. Now, before Sony rebooted the Spider-Man franchise with Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield, Sam Raimi was set to direct the fourth Toby film. Toby remained on great terms with Raimi, was ready to come back, but only if Raimi directed it. So now, as we look ahead to Multiverse of Madness, we cannot help but wonder, does that Raimi connection mean that Marvel Studios wanted to really set up a Toby and Raimi reunion? In Multiverse of Madness, is this why Toby was reluctant to say No Way Home was the closing chapter of his character? I, I just want to quickly break down what resolutions. He mentioned some resolutions in the interview. Right, so what resolutions right. did his character go through in the No Way Home events? He told Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker, that he had he and MJ had eventually figured things out. Right. Which is important to note at the end of Spider-Man 3 in 2007. It wasn't completely all things happy ending there. They, yeah. they hadn't even firmly said I love you. They hadn't kissed. They were set to get engaged here. They're just kind of slow dancing and crying. I love that <laughs> ending so much. I really love that. Um, but here they, they were able to figure it out. Um, he also emotionally recalled Harry Osborn trying to kill him, later dying in his arms. One of my favorite did this moments. this while um, piping fluid in a test tube. Not a good time to get emotional. <laughs> 
But I think it was important why he was in that headspace. What was he doing in the moment? He was brewing up that anti-serum to fix Norman Osborn, something that he said he had been thinking about for years of his life, mm-hmm. telling us that he viewed all of that as the watershed nexus moment that he wished he could rewind to any yeah. race. Not that, you know, he doesn't have a problem of him getting bitten as Spider-Man. It's the fact that Norman Osborn uh, had that lab accident that really screwed up his life that much because it led to him losing his friend, uh, led to all of his problems. I think that death, uh, the don't tell Harry clunk moment <laughs> has been like seared into his uh, uh, unconscious and it's been haunting him. Um, mm-hmm. And then he told Doc Ock, interestingly, they had that little moment of, he's like, oh, I'm trying to do better. Oh, yes. like, oh my God. Such a, a satisfying recall. I, I love that. Uh, and then he helped Tom Holland Peter learn to let go of his anger against Green Goblin. And in doing so, he took a stab to the kidney, but he survived. And he said the last thing he said, I think, before fading back into his reality, was just kind of an acknowledgement that he was still in a lot of pain. Which I just think <laughs> is an interesting way to leave that character, you know? Like... Uh, what what types of pain, you know, as, as Boba Fett uh, wisely tells us, the inner scars take longer to heal. Exactly. So, <laughs> I want to ask you, MT, do we want to see Tobey Maguire cameo in Multiverse of Madness? Mm. Might that overshadow big cameos in that movie? Um, and then in the plot for this character's fictional future, what future remains in store for him? Hmm. Well, I definitely feel like a Tobey Maguire cameo I don't think it's necessary, but as long as it serves the story, as long as it serves the, the overall tale that our Raimi wants to tell. But with the introduction of the multiverse, or the, the, the formal, the, the more formal introduction of the multiverse with um, No Way Home, it would be wise to sort of just like tease, like, all right, here's where the boys went. Here's where Andrew and Toby went after the No Way Home. And like, we sort of just get a tease of like, all right, here's what their universes are. We don't have to go deep into... Um, like including Toby into the story of uh, Multiverse of Madness, unless, again, it serves the overall uh, Doctor Strange's tale. And he's going to serve the team that he's building up in, in, a, in a way that, you know, in a good way. So I, I think it'd be dope, but like, you know, I just don't want it to be like a get like not or gimmicky or like, all right, come on to buy some tickets to Multiverse of Madness because we got Toby here. You like Spider-Man. Um, so, yeah. But it's I, not I just th- fan service. Yeah, as long as it's not just friend service, exactly. Um, and but in terms of the future um, for this character, there's obviously very much a future. They very much set up a future for both of Toby and, and Andrew. Um, I definitely feel like having Raimi uh, working with Marvel Studios with Multiples of Madness um, and getting to hear his ideas uh, for Spider-Man Four. I feel like Marvel Studios and Sony will be able to, you know, sort of take those ideas and you know craft them into a new narrative for Toby. In the future, because I definitely don't, I definitely feel like Sony is not letting Toby go. Toby, they're not letting Toby or Andrew go. They're probably going to start their own, like, give them both sequels at some point because they're go- they would make millions of dollars, millions of dollars, uh, if a Spider-Man four came out. So I definitely feel like we're not done with Toby Maguire as Spider-Man for sure. Yeah, I think the the real question would be for future Sony films, right? Because mm-hmm. see, that version of Spider-Man, all versions of Spider-Man are still Sony properties in terms of the film distribution rights and the film exhibition or all that stuff like yeah. uh, if he wants to be featured on screen in a tv show a streaming series a movie whatever sony has to okay it so uh the only way that uh, a, a toby or any of these weird cameos <laughs> makes sense in any of these movies is if they 
as you said, do something to advance the plot if they help the character in their present crisis. That was mm. the case in, in Endgame, which I would say those weren't even cameos because they were all just like Marvel MCU characters just fighting for the fate of reality at yeah. that uh, point. But uh, in, in Spider-Man No Way Home, you hear in this interview, one thing that Andrew and Toby keep coming back to is that their cameos are necessary for Tom Holland, Peter Parker's journey right. into maturity, into accepting loss. They help him not just physically in that battle and saving his life, but they save his soul. Uh, they have a necessary role. It's not just like, uh, to use another example, um, X-Men Apocalypse, right? Mm. One of the best parts of that movie was when <laughs> Hugh Jackman showed up as Wolverine at the lab <laughs> when the younger versions of Jean Grey and Scott Summers are in there. But he serves no necessary role in the movie. They just want to have oh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine in the movie. <laughs> it's, it's tradition to have Hugh Jackman here, right? So just bring him in. <laughs> right. And I think it speaks to just how much of a, a team player Hugh Jackman is. Oh my and how God, great so guy. great. Sure, I'll show up in this movie. <laughs> uh, and it speaks to the fans, the fact that that was like her favorite part of the movie. But in terms of like the movie as a whole, it didn't really do anything to move the ball forward. Uh, yeah. And I would even say, this is a hot take. Hot take alert. Okay. Civil War. Civil War. One of my favorite scenes in that movie. One of my favorite scenes in the MCU is the introduction of Peter Parker in Queens. Mm. Queens flashing oh on my screen. God. Which the Russo brothers Never forget said, it. That was one of the biggest cheers. Just the word uh -huh. Queens on screen. I cheered. I was excited. <laughs> I and always cheer when I see a queen, Eric. I always cheer for my queens. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but like they have uh, yeah just like the camera following the back of his head with his with his earbud with his earbuds in as he's going into his apartment we meet him having him talk to Tony Stark so great that did not serve the plot of Civil War at all and in fact I think it hurt the film overall to have that in the movie it made the MCU a much better place. I don't want to rewind history and erase that from the movie. And sometimes you see this throughout the MCU films. The movies, the, the two, two to three act movie that they have, always three acts, but like two hours, it starts to lose some of its steam because they force in these cameos in there. And it, mm. and it just distracts us from the core conflict of that movie. And I think I, I've griped about this before. And it is just a petty gripe because overall, I, I really do love Civil War. Uh, but it does uh, make it a bit problematic for Tony Stark to be a character who is solely motivated to begin this movie by the death of a kid through the Avengers actions, mm. right? And he feels so much guilt that he says, we have to sign the Sokovia Accords. And then what does he do? As soon as things start to turn south, he's like, I got back up a child in Queens. You know what? I never actually thought about that. A superpower right. child, a child who can like, you know, tilt buses and lift cars. Sure, absolutely. But a child nonetheless. And he puts a child in the most dangerous battle Tony Stark has ever faced in his career. In another country, and he flies him there. He gets his head of security to fly him there, and it just like it makes us a little confused. What Tony Stark is in this for? Now, a lot of people said, "Well, both Cap and Tony start to make bad decisions in this movie." I agree, but I don't think the movie itself does a good enough job throwing guilt on both of these men for making their stupid choices. I think, if anything, it tries to justify their decisions. By saying, oh, well, Captain America, wouldn't you do anything in the world to protect your friend? Oh, Tony Stark, wouldn't you do anything in, uh, to avenge your mother and father's death? Uh, I honestly think these two guys, with all their history, would just at least talk. 
people were taking swings at each other. And you could say they did talk. They had that whole thing about the pens. It was not enough. I think these guys would still just <laughs> the talk. The whole thing about the pens. They would not try to kill each other. Uh, anyway. But hey, the places we got was awesome, rad. Yes. Uh, other than that, no complaints. I and of course, I'm gonna have people tweeting at me saying, oh, "You didn't understand Civil War." Yes, I've only watched Civil War twelve times, a million more than you, times. I have watched this movie so many times, analyzing it, making a meal out of it, and I can I can love Civil War. I can love that Spider-Man scene in Civil War, but I can also argue that Spider-Man scene did start to muddy the overall themes of that story and and uh, take our attention away. So why am I bringing all this up in a Spider-Man scene? <laughs> uh, if Tobey Maguire ever shows up again as a cameo, or any uh, surprising cameo shows up in a story, they need to forward the central conflict and the central character arc in a meaningful way. Not just the plot, not just the logical plot. They help them fight a battle. It needs to matter to the soul of the character. That character needs to, honestly, it helps if that character's reluctant to that person coming in their world. Like, I was fine before you got here. I don't <laughs> need your advice. Which is what I thought No Way Home did so well. Uh, Tom Holland, uh, Peter Parker, thought he knew better than these guys. And until they literally finished his sentence, then, and only then, was he on board with them. So, to your point, NT, I've been talking for a long time. I um, I think uh, with if uh, Tobey Maguire were to ever return, I think the only way it would make sense in a movie like, uh, you know, Avengers Secret Wars or sooner in Multiverse of Madness uh, would be if that Marvel title is a true, well, we got everyone. Like, mm -hmm. we got every X-Men character <laughs> from the past franchises. Like, if, if his uh, presence would be missed. It's like, well, you couldn't also get them. You know, like, <laughs> I think that's the only way. And it would have to be quick. It would have to just be, like, a really quick, like, Deadpool to, uh, like, there in the background. And yeah. in that case, like, I know what I'm saying. Well, that was just a random cameo. How did that serve the plot? And in that case, it really is just, like, a joke cameo. It's an Alfred Hitchcock walk through the background. <laughs> I think it would have to be all these people are really fast and don't necessarily serve the objectives of, of Doctor Strange or Wanda Maximoff. Uh, they are more incidental of their decisions uh, as opposed to, uh, like, effects uh, or uh, causal causes of their decisions, if that makes sense. Um, they are a set dressing in a way. Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, the best way to include Tommy Maguire in Multiverse of Madness, but still have him serve the story in a way, is if we just introduce uh, Madam Web and, like, the whole, you know, sure. Spider-Verse thing, like, the Spider-Verse concept in Multiverse of Madness and have Tobey Maguire sort of just be, like, the, the sort of introduction to all of that to come. And, like, you know, just like just sort of just like, all right, this is an element of the multiverse. Here's Madam Web, and, like, there's Tobey. And, like, that's it. You know, like, you don't have to make it... As, again, like, as, as long as Tobey would, set like, serve the story, then include him. But, like, if he's not really going to be a huge thing, then, like, you know, just, just mention... Uh, Madam Web, and then like I don't know, maybe show a flash of Toby a little bit, and like that's it. Um, you don't have yeah. to like you know force him in if he doesn't fit. Anyway, that's just right. I, I agree with you. I think Madam Web absolutely needed to be like Miles Morales needed to be introduced yesterday. Uh -huh. in, in <laughs> But if we talk about what's the best role for Toby going forward, like they called him this cool youth pastor, right? He was this great <laughs> mentor, not just to Peter Parker, but to Ned. Every young person who had a conversation with him walked away from that greeting, <laughs> changed with a new outlook. And believing He's in so Spider good. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, <Right>? youth pastor. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is like, Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, P 
people, influences, and experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. If we talk about what role he could play to the live action cinematic universe, there's a lot of talk about Miles Morales being brought in, right? And he, that he would need a mentor that he had, uh, like in the animated Into the Spider-Verse. Do we think Tom Holland's version of the character is as good of a mentor figure as Toby's take on the character might be? Imagine this scenario. We're talking about a, another Spider-Man, another Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. They have this live-action Spider-Verse. They can just keep making sequels for all of these different guys. We have another Tobey Maguire one, but in that universe is where we introduce the Miles Morales. I kind of see a reality where where either Toby or maybe Andrew are more of that mentor to, mm -hmm. to Miles Morales. Uh, and then Tom Holland can keep doing his own thing. I just still see Tom Holland as still like this young guy going through his own thing. Oh, yeah, he's, for sure. He's just through the first act of his origin story. I don't need to see him now being a teacher. I don't want that guy <laughs> teaching anybody. He still has lessons to learn. Yeah, maybe in a couple more movies he can be the teacher. But like now right. we want to see him in the adult phase. I'm like, all right, here's me yeah. learning how to be an adult. I don't think if you ready. are going to introduce Miles Morales as a as a student to some other Spider-Man, which I would argue you don't necessarily need that. I, I think Miles Morales can, like these guys, learn his lessons on his own. But I'm yeah. just saying if they are going through that plan of it, introduce him in Andrew's world or in Toby's world and then use, you know, through some crazy multiversal stuff, Avengers Secret Wars or whatever it is, bring Miles into the MCU. Um, oh, yeah. I know there already is a Miles in the MCU through Donald Glover's line and Homecoming. There was this line in No Way Home where Andrew goes, yeah, there probably is another Spider-Man out there. Yeah, no black mm -hmm. Spider-Man out there. Yes, he does exist out there. Uh, I just think Toby might be a really, really fun option to consider as a mentor figure to him. In a way Absolutely. that still lets Miles Morales get all the cool action in that movie. That'd be a great element to include in a potential Spider-Man 4 scenario with Tobey Maguire. It's like, all right, here's Miles uh -huh. Morales. And like, I'm, you know, I'm old and like, I just kind of want to just be with Mary Jane. So here you go, young lad. <laughs> Take the spider. Yeah. <laughs> Legacy, go on. But we will see what comes next from him. We actually have some thoughts on Andrew Garfield's interesting statements in yes. that Deadline interview. But first, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode. Thanks to Upstart for sponsoring this episode. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you are not alone. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, your current employment, your credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application, upstart.com slash Marvel. We also want to thank Brooklyn 
Lennon for sponsoring this episode. Whether you just realize your best friend and girlfriend don't remember anything about you, you are just having a regular, or if you're just having a regular Monday, it's nice to be cozy and comfortable. Brooklinen is here to ensure your coziness threshold is reached with their lineup of bedding and home essentials. Brooklyn was founded to create luxury home essentials at prices that didn't break the bank. They work directly with manufacturers to give you great products at a fair price. No middlemen, no markups. Brooklinen makes bedding for every kind of sleeper, and they have so much more than just the internet's favorite sheets. They've got plush pillows, absorbent towels, cozy fleece, loungewear, and more. Shopping doesn't get any easier than Brooklinen bundles. Save more when you stock up on essentials for your space. There's a reason Brooklinen has over 100,000 five-star reviews and counting. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code MARVEL to get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and use promo code MARVEL for $20 off. Refresh your rest with the Comfort Essentials Brooklinen. And we want to thank Helix for sponsoring this episode because speaking of good sleep, the last thing you want is to be tossing and turning because you're on a bum mattress. That's why you've got to get yourself a Helix mattress. Helix Sleep has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress. I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium, firm mattress with lumbar support. It sleeps cool. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. All right, MT, let's get back to this uh, deadline interview. Right. What's going on with what Andrew Garfield said? Yeah, Eric, so was No Way Home Tom Holland Peter Parker's origin story? And if so, what is next for the young boy? What is going, what's going to happen to him? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fascinating way to describe what we saw Tom Holland go through in No Way Home. Because he's totally right. Like, the fact that, like, to hear the words, with great power must also come great responsibility, that is kind of the moment Spider-Man, despite everything this kid has gone through over three more movies with Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, uh, that is really the moment it all comes together for him. Which suggests that we need to see more from him. And I think, like, the fact that he is now going through, uh, he's listening to police scanners, right? He's stitched Mm. his own costume together. He is uh, studying for the GED. He's living by himself in the city. No one knows who he is. I think there is a great opportunity. Uh, Again, we were talking before about whether this character, Tom Holland's take on Peter, needs to be immediately the mentor to Miles Morales. We need to see Miles Morales in this cinematic universe. I don't know if this version of Peter Parker is the one to bring him in. I think the two should be friends at some point. I think they should meet. I think they should fight uh, battles. You know, they should have a rivalry. There's all kinds of great stuff that can be told. I don't think Peter needs to be his mentor. I think there's a good opportunity to see Peter as just like a struggling uh, freelancer working in the city trying to solve crimes, but he's hunted, you know? And the fact that he's alone makes an interesting place to potentially bring in Craven the Hunter as a villain. Oh my God, that would be phenomenal. They always wanted to bring in Craven. Craven was their backup option if they couldn't get all these multiple right. multiversal cameos for No Way Home. They were going to do a Craven story. Mm. Now is the time for our Craven story. Like, Bro. just seeing Bro. this version of Peter Ooh. Parker have to deal with, like, he can't he can't uh, rely on uh, the companionship of his loved ones. He is now just targeted by another loner and just have these two. 
go after each other. I think that this is the next story I want to see from him. I would love to see both Craven and Scorpion um, sort of just like, oh, I don't sure. know. Maybe not working together, but like sort of both going after Peter at the same time. And just like, Michael just Mando like, coming back after yeah, Oh my God, Michael Mando is such a good actor. Like, if you ever played Far Cry right. 3, that man is like one of the best video game villains of all time. So like, I'm so excited to see him as Scorpion. Craven would be a, an excellent way to like further that Spider-Man story. Uh, but I also think that uh, Black Cat is for sure mm. going to be introduced yeah. because we have um, MJ not not remembering Peter and Peter feeling alone and being on the run. So like Black Cat, I feel like is the perfect like person to like be like, hey, hey, Peter, you're you're a criminal. Do crime with me. Let's just do crime. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's either Craven or or. Or Black Cat. I feel like that'd be a good Or is it Venom, right? Is it Venom? Is this this the the next story with them, the way we get that little piece of the Venom symbiote left in the MCU? Is this the one that comes after him? Is that what's next for him? Uh, Where he has to deal with some other incarnation of Venom. And because I'm I'm trying to imagine, if you're Kevin Feige, if you're the other execs at Marvel, Mm -hmm. you are trying to pitch Sony a story that says, this version of Peter Parker, this next story, has to be interconnected with the MCU. So what are they getting out of it? They are going to want Venom somehow connected to the MCU. I think they love the idea of that Venom piece staying in their universe because sure. the mind races with all kinds of uh, hosts that this symbiote can bond with and attach to and make another Venom version of it. Not just the regular humans of his world, but any of the superheroes we've seen. As Guardians, Ravagers, Hulk. Guardians of the Galaxy, Hulk, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. that'd be terrible. <laughs> Super soldiers, uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of dangerous people who are out there. Who uh, the Venom symbiote would be terrifying. I would love if the symbiote was like for a little while anyway. The new Stan Lee just keeps keeps popping up in movies, just like the little like <laughs> <laughs> the little like splotch. Of, like I'm coming. <laughs> Am I going for Bucky? Nah, not Bucky. <laughs> I just want um, like that's the it most never, scene It just of every teases movie. us. Just a little blue balling symbiote inchworm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just never actually bonds with anyone. Sort, of, sort of like Goldilocks. He, he just takes a taste. He's like, <laughs> just leaves. So uh, putting ourselves back in Marvel Studios position, right? So mm-hmm. like Spider-Man Homecoming promised the team up of Spider-Man with Tony Stark with Iron Man. Right. And everything that that means in terms of what kind of tech. Uh, Peter Parker would now have what kind of responsibility Peter Parker would now have mm-hmm. what kind of humor in 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 a character interaction and the people of Tony Stark's orbit like Happy Hogan like Pepper Potts right and then Spider-Man Far From Home brought in Nick Fury and then mm-hmm. other ex-shield operatives scrolls you know uh people from that part of the MCU and then now right. in Spider-Man No Way Home it's Doctor Strange and the other sorcerers Wong those apprentices who are shoveling snow. Uh, and then Ned, we now learn, also a sorcerer. So who else in the MCU do we need to see Peter Parker? Who's still around? I mean, we had this little moment with Captain Marvel in Endgame. We had this little moment with Hulk in Infinity War that I really loved. I kind of want to see Peter Parker team up with Ruffalo. I want to see... It, oh my God, that's the natural together. next step. Because like he he's a nerd and he really wants a mentor like to some degree. Right. So like, bro, they would nerd out so hard. I, I want to see that so much. Because, like, yeah. Bruce would just love his biology. But like, what are you made of? Like, we're both kind of science freaks. Let's just poke each other's blood. <laughs> well, and that's my thinking. I had, I had my uh, theory explanation of how I think this version of Peter Parker got his powers. 
and I, I really do think that this Peter Parker, sometime after the Avengers left Avengers Tower in 2015 to move upstate, there was still some like shit in that tower, and this mm. version of Peter Parker snooped around there. And classically in the comics, it was a gamma irradiated spider, right? Mm. That's so if we imagine that Bruce Banner's powers came from gamma radiation, this could be a natural link to where we finally found out what Peter Parker's origin story is, is that he was wandering around Bruce Banner's gamma lab in Avengers Tower, got bitten by a gamma radiated spider. And these two might have that common link, that kind of common nerdy engineering approach. They both got exposed to too much gamma radiation. <laughs> One person directly while experimenting with a super soldier serum blood. Uh, and then the other one through a spider bite. And that could just be a really fun, goofy, but uh, beautiful story of true nerds. And Peter doesn't have to uh, act like he's the smartest one in the room and doesn't have to worry about that imposter syndrome. Uh, and that these two, uh, you know, meek nerds can just <laughs> meek explore <and> their <laughs> powers together. I love that term, yeah. meek nerds. You got, you got to love a meek nerd. I, I do love that connection between uh, Peter's powers and gamma radiation. And like that got me thinking, what if the leader is somehow involved in the oh. development of Peter Parker's biology? Because um, be, we haven't seen him since... The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. He, like, he could sort of got that uh -huh. tease of blood dropping on his head. And uh -huh. he's he was very much obsessed with gamma radiation and, 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 and the effects on the human blood. Having his involvement within the, the actual origins of Spider-Man would be a great MCU thing to do. I would love that. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, he's, he's everywhere. Actor. <laughs> Him showing up in Watchmen. Um, he was just so great. I want to see that guy more. <laughs> he is still somewhere alive in the MCU. Yeah. MT, one of my favorite things about you is your ability to bring back things from like <laughs> MCU movies that are technically canon, but no one really cares right? about these details. <laughs> But you're not wrong. These are now part of the world. And Tim Blake Nelson's an incredible actor. Bring him back. Why Bring him back. Let's do it. I think, well, wasn't he supposed to be the Mole Man um, in the 2015 oh. uh, Fantastic Four? I could be mistaken. But I know he's oh, in that movie. Um, but yeah, I could be I wrong. Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and if Multiverse of Madness makes canon all past Fantastic Four and past X-Men movies... <laughs> There's going to be all kinds of weird anomalies. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're speaking of anomalies, we were talking about Craven earlier. It's, it's just, it would just be pretty weird to see Aaron Taylor Johnson back in the MCU, but as a different character. Mm -hmm. Not the first time this has happened, right? Actors have come back. Jimmy Chan played two different characters. Michelle this Yeoh has played two different characters. But this would be a pretty high-profile uh, high one, a character we saw memorably die on screen. But I think this comes back to, you know, this question of canonicity. Mm -hmm. I, I, we're thinking about it a lot, right? With like, with uh, potentially Agents of Shield, maybe hopefully being confirmed as canon. I hope so. Uh, uh, the Netflix stories now mm -hmm. coming over as canon. The uh, and then over on the DC side of things, all the questions with like what Zack Snyder has worked on versus what Joss Whedon did to Justice League versus. You know, uh, with the new Flash movie, what is considered canon, you know, in a multiverse? Is, is, does canon even matter anymore? And ultimately, I think what we're learning is whether or not something is canon is really just based on the mind of whoever is at the wheel of the franchise. And the fact now that if you look over at Star Wars, Dave Filoni's at the wheel. This guy, just by including certain lines of dialogue in the Book of Boba Fett, in The Mandalorian, and Bad Batch, is now 
of firmly establishing things as canon that around 2015 we weren't so sure about anymore. Right. You know, when, when The Force Awakens came out and then like Disney overtook the Star Wars franchise, we were worried that maybe some of the things we loved most about Legends would just be erased from truth in the history and just be some kind of fan fiction now. Right. But now Dave Filoni is saying, no, I'm at the wheel and Thrawn is real. Thrawn happened, <laughs> you know, he brought him back in Rebels and now he's going to be a live action. It's freaking great. Hey, so I think that gives us hope, you know, uh, but it also just reminds us that like, whatever logic you may have for why something wasn't erased, it only matters how, uh, insofar as how excited the executive producer in charge of the the creative vision of these stories considers it to be important and wants to remember it. And things Absolutely. like Avengers Age of Ultron and some of the earlier phase one stuff of Marvel, whatever happened there, you could imagine Kevin Feige now saying like, eh, we're still figuring stuff out. Mm. And we don't really partner with that one particular filmmaker anymore. So some of the weird stuff they did in that movie, we're not really going to pretend actually happened. <laughs> so I... Uh, it, I'm not saying that Quicksilver's still alive, but in terms of how sacred they're going to be about who plays Quicksilver in the MCU going forward, I don't think they're going to treat Quicksilver's death in Age of Ultron as something that uh, permanent, or mm. anyone's death that permanent. Now, I know I'm probably contradicting other things I've said when it came to WandaVision, how you know Wanda was still clearly affected by her brother's death from the Battle of Sokovia. I understand that. I'm probably just speaking out my ass at this point. We're late in the episode. I understand. Uh, but uh, when it comes to uh, characters who come back, whoever is going to be affecting uh, uh, or battling or joining Tom Holland, Peter Parker in his next movie, uh, I don't think they're going to be as sacred or bound by the rules that we previously thought we were bound by. And I think if anything proved that, it was Spider-Man No Way Home. Hell and the yeah. fact that in this movie, we had multiversal, via magic, crossovers from other realities, while also having J.K. Simmons play J. Jonah Jameson, and none of us cared. No. Nope. It doesn't make total sense, <laughs> but we still love it. Right? We just wanted to see him. We just love J.K. Simmons, man. <laughs> right. So the multiverse logic just kind of makes everything possible, and it's okay. Mm. <laughs> and that's I'm down for anything. Just throw this. I just want to see the people that I used to see again, like J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Tell people quiet. Just bring them in. <laughs> As long as it serves the story. Well, that is it for this ridiculous episode of Inside Marvel. Uh, again, February 11th, 8 p.m., Tally Hall in Chicago. If you're in the Chicago area, this is going to be like, it's our first time being able to connect with people yeah. in the real world. I'm so excited for it. You aren't going to want to miss this. Come yes. say hello. Come talk Come to say us. Hi. We're eager to say hello. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. I don't want to promise anything, but I'll tell you, if you come to Chicago, there might be something for you. Uh, we, I don't know. We, I, I might give away some of my shirts. Some of my shirts. I don't know if the company... Oh, I don't know if okay. Epicero can do this. He's New taking the shirt off his back. He's going to sign it. He's going to give it some to shirts I'm not always able to wear. I don't mind handing them out to you, right? Right. Hey, so if that's, that's not an incentive, I don't know what will be. Well, follow me at EA Voss, follow MT at Mastertainment, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye.